Where the Whiteboards Are, a podcast by educators about all things education. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about our futures since we are at that time where the hiring and firing starts in March. We're all um, fired. The lemon, <laughs> the lemon dance. <laughs> the lemon dance has begun. Um, so I think we should kick it off with, I guess, me. I'll start. Um, I am boring and I am staying in my current role as an English teacher. I am. I did apply for some other jobs, though. Um, I had some other interviews and some other opportunities. They just didn't quite pan out for me, um, given that I teach at a four-day school week. I really like my salary. And next year, I've been promised two planning periods every single day. And so so that is... Yeah, and that's phenomenal. Take a class away from me. (laughs) Give me a a planning period. Um, I just couldn't turn that opportunity down. How did you get that? Like, um, so they have decided at my school that everyone that teaches an EOC tested course, so state tested course, will receive an additional planning period. Okay. Um, and they're going to try to do PLCs, which are um, learning communities, um, for those teachers. And then next year, or not next year, the year after, um, they're actually going to give it to all core teachers. They will all have two planning periods. <laughs> um, so that's pretty incredible given that our school, the size of our school and stuff like that. Um, we did have to kind of sacrifice a little bit as far as scheduling goes in that we removed some classes in the English department. So we don't have mythology or creative writing or film anymore. Instead, we've combined all of those things and I've called it English four. Um, and that's for students that don't want to take an English, an advanced English class or like a college level class. Mm. Okay. That's, that's so crazy. Out. In my experience, it's always here's six preps and one planning hour for all six of them. If we could give you a seventh prep, we would, but the day is only seven hours long and we're legally required to give you a <laughs> <Right>? planning <laughs> yeah. period. Yeah. So it's well. going to be pretty cushy. I'm kind of very excited for that. And something that uh, we could commend them for that district, I'm so froggy, um, is that they during like EOC season, EOC teachers essentially lose a plan a week to meet and talk about EOC prep things with the instructional coach. Um, and so I think quite a few teachers were like, hey, we don't mind doing this work, but it's, you're taking away 25% of our plan time every week at least. Um, and that's if you don't have an additional like meeting to have during your plan. Right. So it's nice that they responded to that feedback. Yep. So I'm in for round 11. Wow. As a classroom teacher. Ding, cool. ding, fight. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going next? You are. What? It should go like in a circle. Okay. Do, does the listener know we're in a circle? Yes. <laughs> nope. They do now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not doing anything different. Like I, I will admit this. Even my wife doesn't know this. I started oh. filling out a couple applications for teaching jobs oh what? but i didn't finish them because uh, i'm like i don't know if i want to do this um the, yeah wow yeah like the local community school where i live they had some uh it's a k-8 school mm-hmm. and there was a uh like six to eight math position i'm not certified middle school math but mm-hmm. i figured 
by high school math. That can't be that hard. Right. <laughs> I think you can do middle school math. So. The addition so. is just. Yeah. <laughs> that was always my weak point. <laughs> um, but I did not finish that. And so, yeah, I'm going to keep doing not teaching, I guess. You know? Well, and you pursue media and do photography yeah, yeah, and I, stuff. So. Yeah, but nothing in the education realm. Uh, as far as classroom teacher stuff. So, yeah. Can we respectfully ask on podcast, which you can say no if you don't want to, what motivated you to click open the application? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, my oldest daughter is going into kindergarten. And when I was a teacher, I had this dream of teaching in the same school that my kids went to. We had some colleagues, um, Kay, Misty, and so many um, that had their kids in the school district and in their building. And I just thought that was a really neat relationship. And I really envied that about them. I mean, I just wanted that. And then there's also like the maybe helicopter dad aspect of like, I want to, I want to, I want to protect my child with a disability and, and be there. And, but that's probably not a great motivation <laughs> to apply for a job either. Right. So, yeah. Well, hopefully um, she could be in a space where you don't feel the need to do that and you just like trust that it's happening well. Yeah, yeah we're not there. Oh, not sad. There. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because um, I could see why previously that would be yeah. a concern. So I will have to continue to advocate uh, with a high level of vehemence on her behalf, um, which I don't want to have to do that, but I'm also absolutely willing to so yeah and i will say at our school um at least at the high school level their special education department is so good phenomenal they're so um good. the way that they work with those kids that they're out in mm. in in the world um in the classrooms in the school uh really have a, a place in that community has been really 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 nice to see because at our previous school i think we had a little bit but not I mean, right, right. not truly um, immersion with regular kids and stuff like we do at our current school. So maybe there's hope. You can just come to school with me. Good. Are you licking a biscuit? Yeah, yeah biscuits having a good old time on this squish mouth. Dear listener, we are <laughs> recording at Amanda's house <laughs> and her tiny dog is so cute. Oh, she's so comfy. <laughs> I love it. She just likes to lay on an avocado squishmallow. That I is, mean, who doesn't? That is her, her bed. So yeah. she just um, Okay, so I'm employed for next year, which is exciting because I resigned in November um, and have spent all of this time since then unemployed. I mean, not. I mean, I go to school, I work, but I didn't know what I was doing next year. Um, so I'm going to be out of the classroom, but still in education. Um, I'm going to be working at a really small school district. I think they said they have about 240 like in the whole district. So it's, it's real small, um, but I'm going to be their curriculum director um, and essentially like their district wide instructional coach. So like 50% of the time will be curriculum and 50% of the time will be in classrooms working with teachers. Dream job. I know. I'm really yeah. excited. <laughs> it should hopefully be pretty cool. I need the name of said school district. I will tell you at a later time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They Fair don't enough. know me that well. Yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. Thanks. You seem excited. I am excited. The more I've like thought about it. So I just accepted the offer earlier this week. Um, and the more that I've thought about it, the more I'm actually excited to do the things. So hopefully it'll be good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's weird for me to say this, but I'm glad that you stayed in education because there's a part of me that when anybody who I know is like really, really good leaves, it's like, oh man, that breaks my heart. I mean, we were at the point where Sam and I were looking at Costco. I mean, legitimately asking around just to see like, yeah. what that would be like. So. So. But I think it'll be exciting. I know like in my spirit that I'm not ever going to use my administration masters. Like I don't want to be a principal. It seems like the worst of jobs. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see if I enjoy this work because if I don't, that would be really telling that I do probably need to pursue something else. So, so quick question to mm-hmm. all of you, mm-hmm. is oh. it unethical if we submit applications on Sam's <laughs> behalf to be principals so that we can work <laughs> under her as a principal? Because I would really like that. It just seems so unfun. Like no right. fun is had in the principal's office. Mm. And That's I just want a fun day. An assistant principal to do all the not fun things for hey, you. Hey, yeah. just... I have seen other people follow that policy and <laughs> I did not like working for them. So. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So maybe, maybe no. I'm so sorry, team. I, can't, I cannot perform this for you. But the question was, was it unethical? I didn't hear any. Hear any <laughs> no one said no. Right. No or no, said nobody no. said yes. Nobody right. said so yes. So I think I can do that. Uh, <laughs> that are was, you also going to go to the interview for me? And know, then one day I just show AI up. AI is getting really good. <laughs> a voice modulator. Yeah, it's thing. just, can I only meet on Zoom? It's just a right, picture yeah. of her face. Hey, yeah. if you do all the paperwork as Sam Ravens, like, who knows? Right. Could be either of us. <laughs> You can split the job duties. That would be so nice. Is you can do all the terrible ones. Is this how identity theft happens? Yes. Like, is this... Although, is this thieving or is it like identity gifting? <laughs> that, is that got you a job. <laughs> Regardless if you want it or not. Could you imagine, though, asking somebody like, hey, so on the low, what's your uh, social security number? I just need that real quick. Hey, real just, quick like, while you're at it, if you don't mind, send me your work history as well. Yeah, um, thanks just, so much. <laughs> Random question. I just <laughs> can I get your resume? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so hopefully it'll be nice. Yeah, my turn. Yes, um, tell them. So I'll um, not be in the classroom next year. Um, I'll be returning to my alma mater to further my own education. Um, I got offered a graduate assistantship, which means that the tuition will essentially be free. And I get a small stipend to go with it, which whenever I say small, I do mean small. <laughs> so very <laughs> it's, tiny. It's about to get real difficult for the next couple of years. But, um, you know, free schooling is, is pretty cool. And, um, yeah, so I'll be, I'll be doing that for the next two years. Um, it has pained me quite a bit because I do not want to leave my job. Um, I love what I do on a daily basis. Um, and I'll definitely be returning to a band classroom after this process. But, um, this is one of those things where it was like always part of the plan. I just didn't expect it to transpire so soon. You know, it, it just kind of came up way before I felt like I was actually ready for it. Um, but the decision was never going to be easy. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just one of those where like, here it is in your lap. And it's like, just do it, do it, get it over with, rip the bandaid off. Yeah. You know, 
one of the things I was really taken aback by when we had talked before about what you were doing is hmm. you're in, in such a different position than so many other people who are leaving their job in the classroom who are like mm-hmm. disenfranchised. They, they don't like where they're at. And you're like, I have, I have no complaints. I love what I do. Yeah. I love the people that I am working with and for. And I, that's so refreshing to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like this tinge of sadness when you describe what you're doing because yeah. you will miss it. You've built this thing and you're, you're walking away from it. But there's a piece of it where I'm also pretty fearful that I'm not going to be able to find like an administration. Yeah. Like, like I have found where I currently work, you know, it like is a pretty legitimate, like, am I going to like hate the next job that I end up in? Like, are, are they not going to be as supportive or understanding or, you know, the community? It just like, it's such a sweet spot that I have found where I currently am that it, it, it really does hurt like a lot to leave it. Yeah. Um, I just, man, you know, I, I wish that it was possible to do more like that. We do plenty with the resources that are available to us, but the fact of the matter is it's an extremely small school district, which limits the possibilities in certain ways. And that's, you know, I, I don't mean that to say like, that's why I want to leave or not be there because I really do. Like I, I want to keep that dynamic that I've established with the community and with administration. And I truly fear that I won't be able to find that elsewhere. Um, you know, we'll see what the future holds. And um, it's hard to complain about the possibility of a 15 to $20,000 raise, you know, just because one bigger school district equals higher base salary equals higher stipends. Plus my master's moves me up on the yeah. schedule as well. It's just like, you know, that's, that's a pretty sweet perk. Um, and this will also give me an opportunity to see if, um, collegiate education is something that I'm interested in. Um, you know, right now the plan is still to finish my career in public education, um, and, you know, get that notch in my belt essentially. And then somewhere along the way, um, get a doctorate at like a prestigious university. And then after I retire from public education, do, do the university thing until I'm too old to wave my arms around, <laughs> you know. By then, but, though, AI could do it. You have you. cybernetic arms. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Because yeah. there won't and there won't be any humans who want to uh, make art or music at That's that right. point. So the the computers <laughs> will do it for us. Um, on the administration thing, I would just like to throw out though that um, education in general is like a small community. Like I mm-hmm. applied for this job, and so many people who I did not put as a reference got called to like see what kind of higher I would be, mm-hmm. but also like music is an even smaller community. Yeah. Like instead of it just being regional, it's really statewide. So I think one of the perks of that is that people will be honest with you about that. So like if you're looking to go into a new district, you can talk to the standing band director and actually get input on what it's like there. Right. And because the community is so small, people would probably be honest about it. Yeah. Well, and if in doubt, we will just hunt down the new person who replaces you in two years. And then put right. Sam as the principal. Sam will be the principal. Is, yeah. it's right. But then you can't be there. So sorry, dear. Nepotism rules. Oh, dang. So you guys don't have the same last name. Like, you'll be able to. Yeah, so we'll, we'll just, just lie. We'll just, just lie. You guys show up in the same car every day. What's up? Carpool. It's just yeah, crazy. It's it's Both showed me pictures of your dog, and it looks really <laughs> similar. Yeah, it's a pet sharing program. Yeah, <laughs> our, 
are Sam and Eric having an affair? <gasps> yes, that would be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Creates candleless back lore. I love this for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at. I think, you know, like you said, it, there's, there's so many people leaving the profession for like all these really sad reasons. And I feel like sometimes that narrative ends up influencing people who otherwise, like when you take stock of what you as an individual do on a daily basis, does it reflect the narrative that's sort of like pushed out or that we hear from all over the country? And I'm not saying that that's not happening. And if it does align with what you experience, then yeah. Okay, obviously, but I, I think, or yeah, just I, I think that sometimes we allow that narrative to shape our worldview in a way that that is um, independent of what we truly experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because yeah. I hear all of this, like, why teachers are leaving and oh, it's so awful and kids and parents and administration and this, that, and the other. But then I look at mine and it's just not that, simply not that. So, I don't know. Well, and I think that's fair to say in any case, like if you're only listening to a negative perspective, mm-hmm. inevitably you'll feel negatively about your perspective. Yeah. Right. Versus. And I think, I think it really comes down to who you surround yourself with. Um, I know in our department and Sam and I's department, we have another teacher who is also leaving the classroom um, and she is leaving permanently. She doesn't want to teach at all. She's done. And she's done. And she's very vocal about, being done and i get that like you you're frustrated with your job you went into this career and now you're leaving it and she doesn't have a backup plan right now um and so i think about okay at lunch every day you know when you you surround yourself with people that are truly truly done with the profession and leaving you really do have to take a step back and think about is that my emotion is that how i feel about the classroom Mm -hmm. or am i just taking you know what i hear on tiktok absorbing and reflecting yeah and and so i really had to do that for myself this year because um with sam leaving obviously that um hurt my heart a lot just because we've worked together for so long sorry friend (laughs) i just hated there (laughs) no i know well and that's and it's such a different experience than how i feel about it um and so i really did have to sit back and go do i also hate it or do i hate it and empathize with how Sam feels about this place um, that we worked. And then we have another, you know, our instructional coach is also leaving. Um, and then another person in our apartment, like I said, is leaving. And so when you have half of the people that you surround yourself with openly admitting, hey, I'm not going to be here next year. And, and you know, I have these reservations about even you being here and like what that's going to look like. You really do have to take stock on what what is it about teaching that you enjoy or what is it about that school that you enjoy and that's not to say that i don't recognize and see the flaws in that in the school that we work at i think for me i just wanted to have a a, a more comfortable summer i didn't want to have to stress about another job yeah. um but that doesn't that also doesn't mean that i'm not actively going to be looking in the next year or two or 3 mm-hmm. um because I do see myself somewhere else in the profession. Um, I did apply for other jobs, like I said. Um, so I know that in my future, I'd like to be an instructional coach. Had the opportunity to interview for that and do an interview process with that. And I really found my passion through doing that interview process that like, yes, this is what I want to do. Um, so I think that if you are a teacher out there who 
maybe is unsure about leaving the classroom or seeking leadership opportunities, you should definitely apply for those because you never know. Um, Cast a really wide net because if the wider net you can cast, the better. Um, Because you never know, even from the job description, if it matches what you're actually going to be doing. (laughs) So, (laughs) Sam, if we can, like, or if you're willing to, can we dig a little bit, just a little bit, like in a vague and professional manner? You said, I just hate it there. Mm -hmm. Um, Can we dig into that just a little bit? Like, as far as, you know, because we're all aware of the narrative that's out there, like I mentioned. And so, like, in in your case specifically, because that aligns to what we're hearing you know, in a general trend from educators right now. So is there, is there a, a general enough way you feel you could put that? Like, I'm not asking you to slander your right. employer or anything. I'm thinking <laughs> about how to, well, I guess I should preface that like initially when I resigned in November, it wasn't specifically like, I don't think I can teach at all anymore. Mm-hmm. It was specifically like, I don't think I can teach here anymore. Um, and then I had some health issues through the winter that made me really question, like, if I could physically sustain teaching at all, um, just because mm-hmm. I was out of the room so much. I'm trying to think if there's a, a nice way to describe why I hate it there. Um, I would say that the values expressed by my school in their actions not their words, directly contradict my values as an educator. Um, And so, like, given that nobody's in teaching for the money, if you can't align on that value level, I just don't think there's enough return, like, for what is actually uh, happening. I don't know if that's a nice way to phrase it. Also, I was lied to, and I do not like being lied to at all. So, like, at the start of the year, our administration kind of was dishonest about some things that they had done. And um, regardless if this is what anyone means or not, when you (laughs) lie to me, I take it as you either think I'm not like smart enough to figure it out or you don't care if I figure it out. Um, So I was like unhappy from the beginning because that's how we started the year. So those are my like (laughs) broad spectrum. Right. It wasn't any one thing that like set you off and said, Oh yeah, that's it. I'm done with this, this school. Right. Um, because I mean, Sam was very vocal about feeling those feelings, um, with regard to the school. And I also feel those feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess maybe I'm just more of a sucker for four day school week (laughs) and a good salary. I don't know. She's like, I love it regardless. (laughs) Um, but that is also to say that I have actively sought out other Mm -hmm. places to work given, um, given those sort of culture things that have happened. Right. Well, I just think it was one of those things like starting the year in that way, like realizing kind of that element of dishonesty and then anything else bad that happened. I was like, Oh, that's just like another nail. Like just one more thing to make Mm -hmm. me unhappier in this space. Also at the time I was, (laughs) Amanda has taken over this role, but at this time I was like serving as the department head And that's something that, like, I take super seriously. So I was like, I'm supposed to be a leader, not just for, like, these people in my department, but also essentially, like, my content area. Like, I'm supposed to advocate for this voice. Um, And the things that were dishonest about or that people were being dishonest about really harm kind of, like, some of the goals of ELA. So Hmm. it just didn't work out. So it doesn't it doesn't sound like it was necessarily um, 
um, like the classroom itself? No, my kids this year are great. I like them very much. Um, I have talked to Eric about how one of the reasons I'm really excited for this new job is I don't really feel like on a day-to-day basis that classroom work is really like mentally stimulating for me. Like it kind of lacks some challenge. Like even if I change things up, um, I, I don't really feel, I guess, like growth through that mm-hmm. work for myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am excited about this new job for that regard, but it wasn't specifically like anything day to day that was happening in my classroom. My kids are great. Their parents are great. I could see that where it's not mentally stimulating, but it's still a boatload of work to keep up on. Yeah. Like it just turns into a grind. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's really interesting that you mentioned those two things, because I think whenever you turn to teacher leave talk, TikTok, things Mm -hmm. like that, uh, the big thing that they say are related directly to classroom management and parent involvement or admin involvement. Mm -hmm. And those were none of the reasons really why you decided to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that that's interesting. The fact that like, yes, some admin, certainly, yeah. I was um, saying, yeah. but, but as far as like, um, student or management or, you know, these kids are just awful and they're horrible. Yeah. They're different. Mm-hmm. Kids have changed. <laughs> the kids will always be awful. They're, they're kids. <laughs> right. And one, I think their level of empathy and some other things that we've kind of talked about on this podcast, like kids have changed mm-hmm. because of COVID, because of technology, because of these other facets in their lives. Um, but ultimately, like you said, they're, they're kids and, right. and yeah. you're going to want to do that. But um, when it comes down to culture, what's offered in your school, and if that doesn't see your value, you know, uh-huh. then, then you got to leave. Like when you're a teacher, you're part of a much bigger system. <clears throat> One of the first things you'll do in education preparation, like when you're in college, is to really delve into your own philosophy as an educator. Yeah. Um, and I find that there's value in that and it's okay if that changes. Um, it's okay to look at other people's philosophies to kind of find your own as well. But you're right in that you, <laughs> you're not compensated monetarily to a great deal. So making sure that your values align with all of the system provides another type of value. And that system has a school board, which may be seven people that change every few years. So that system's values at that level can change. Admin can come and go, counseling department, department heads. And I think that's the sad thing is you could be in a position where you love what you do. You love what, where you're at. You love all those aspects. And then just given one election or one staff turnover, that whole system can change. And the value that was once there is gone. Um, but you also have the mix of your own ambition and your own goals. And it's, it's, uh, for me, it was this weird struggle of, you know, I felt a connection to some of my colleagues and students And I didn't want to sever that connection, but at the same time, it was like the values that I hold no longer feel like they're the values of the the community and the school board, um, administration, that sort of thing. So I don't know that I could have expressed it the way you did, but I I really can align with that now. Well, and that's something that's like uh, documented in terms of like our science of education like my first year in my doctor program, 
um, we learned about organizational structures and the organizational structure that education falls under, especially like K-12 public education, is like value tied. And that's like the first way that you see staff leave is when there's a value like mm-hmm. conflict shift. I could so. see that. Well, and I mean, I just think of the mass exodus that we have experienced in all of our teaching years where you might you lose one or two, maybe um, depending on your mm-hmm. school size, you know, at our previous school, even losing three or four was pretty common, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, but the year that Sam and I came in, there were 10 new mm-hmm. staff out of 18. Um, so there's something going on like that, that, yeah. that is an indicator that something in your culture, something in your value is, uh, not lining up with teachers the way it should be. So that's something to look out for too. If you're a new teacher, look and see, is that same school posting 10 or 15 openings? Um, are they getting rid of administration or moving and adjusting administration? You should be looking at that too. Yeah. Whenever that, you apply, that should be a red flag to like the school board, like the powers that be, like it, sh- it should be. I mean, unless like the school board is the red flag, I don't know. But like, if, if yeah. you see that kind of turnover, maybe take stock in what you're actually doing. Don't like, I feel like it's easy to just place the blame on like, Oh, well teachers are greedy or something. Right. You know, just, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. It was- what was the song? I couldn't make it out. Oh, it, I um, I don't know. Actually, the ringtone. She knows. <laughs> you you dropped the S bomb on the last episode. Oh yeah, I heard then, that. Yeah. I'm so sorry. And you now said, your phone's you're going swearing off. on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I said we, and we I'm all sweating. went. Oh. I, I said the sugar honey iced tea word. <laughs> I know. Honey iced tea. I've never heard that. That'd be really? like that. Yeah. <laughs> That was my uh, my weekly phone call from my father. He always calls between Aww, um, 11 really and, and 1, even though he knows that on Sundays we podcast. He's so, like, regardless. Yeah. He, he's, put me on. Yeah. He, oh, listen. You want, you want he's some? He's a teacher. Uh, he is a teacher. So you want a hot take? Listen to my dad. <laughs> he's And his, my stepmom um, is also in education. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She is assistant human resources person for a big very large district in Indiana. And then my stepbrother is a kindergarten teacher. So it's all kind of in the family. My parents are teachers or educational Jason. Whatever I was saying before. Oh, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) You were talking about what shouldn't be a red flag to the school board when when you have a mass exodus like that. Maybe change your position or change your approach or something. What I found interesting is like going to board meetings for different size schools. Um, sometimes the superintendent whose really job is to like hire and fire, you know, the school board should really only be hiring the superintendent. Right. Yeah. And then the superintendent should hire admin and then the admin should deal with that. So you have all these layers that can kind of distort what's really happening before it ever gets to the school board. And you think about like, hopefully there are some, there's some sort of exit interview, right? You would hope. Yeah. Like if people are resigning and not being forced to resign, you would think that there should be some conversation about why are you leaving? What could we do better? You know, what did you like? But by the time it makes it back to the school board and they're not, I believe they're not getting the truth. The full. Yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> if you're the principal and all your staff leaves, are you going to tell your superintendent like, oh, they hate me. You know, if you're the superintendent and all your admin leave, are you going to be like, well, yeah, I'm just bad at what I do. <laughs> yeah. I just think there's like human nature involved of like, self-preservation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also think that's like symptomatic of that, like value conflict because I bet in a district with a great superintendent and a supportive school board, they probably do an exit interview. Right. They probably ask, they yeah. probably care. And in those places, people are probably leaving more for like, my family's moving. I want to make more money. Right. Or retiring know, like, yeah. and yeah. leaving the, I have yeah. a different opportunity at a higher level right. um, versus in places where you are seeing that really big conflict and that um, divide. They're not, they don't, we don't want your answer. Yeah. Like we probably know what it is and we don't want it. Mm. Right. We don't want to document it. Which is, it's just another interesting thing about education is you have schools that don't have a human resource department right. that can be somewhat separate and non-biased in that process. You know, and in, in having conversations with the school board. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Which is something that I didn't even consider until we went to a bigger district. I was like, whoa, we right. could have HR. Like, yeah. that's so right. crazy. Right. I thought just businesses and even HR. like PR, like we have not yeah. only HR, but PR. Oh, so, absolutely. You know, that's yeah. a whole other aspect of education that you don't really think about is what makes it onto the newsletter or mm-hmm. the, the news in general or Facebook. How our website or, looks. Right. All that kind of stuff matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting too, with the school board idea is that it's really politically affiliated when it shouldn't be. It's absolutely not supposed to be. Right. It should right. not be. Like a, legally. Right. But it, it yeah. often is. I would say within the past few years, you're yeah. starting to see partisan school board elections. Um, In the past seven years. Do we count the year beforehand? Do we say? Well, and, okay, and just sure. the, the topics that I'm seeing in local school board elections are not about like education philosophy in my mind it's about who's being you know woke who's not it's just a very strange conversation sorry that i don't think is really helping education well and a lot of it a lot of those conversations are like a national Mm -hmm. crisis issue Mm -hmm. whatever you want to say as opposed to actually looking at local issues and local things that are happening in your school that you want to be a part of. And so I find that also really interesting that like we've taken and turned an eye on to education in such a magnitude. And that, that now has influenced our local elections the way that it has. Right. Again, are, are you, are you taking stock of what you actually see or are you just buying into a narrative yeah, right. and then just arbitrarily right. attacking your local municipality yeah. based on. And, and, and the public gets to vote on the school board mm-hmm. members and who's yeah. in it. Um, and I think, I think John told me the last election for school board, there were maybe 87 people that came to vote for our local school. That's literally across the street Mm -hmm. from me. 87 people that school serves 1500. 87 people got to decide members of the school board. Like do the math there, you know, like obviously this is not a, a political podcast, but also to that same effect, politics, influences your your school your local elections have yeah. have impact 
And so when only 87 voices are being heard out of 1,500 students that are being served and staff, and I guarantee you those 87 people, a lot of those were probably teachers. I think the proliferation of information technology has warped our understanding of what it means to be involved in your community. Oh, you mean like, no. oh, I posted about it, so I was yep. involved. Right. I posted on Facebook, right. so as I, I clicked, word. I clicked right. an upvote on Reddit. Right. As, as opposed kind of to going to wherever your polling place is yeah, and actually voting. elections. Like, because they matter. Or going to a school board meeting and trying to find out what's actually going on. Like, right. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting down and talking to educators and administrators, people who are right. out doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. And not just going when you're mad. Because we right. go yeah, all the time, we feel powerless in all of these like global crises that we're bombarded with on a daily basis, and so we that powerlessness ends up, you know, put like in in like the place where we do have power in that like school across the street, you know. But like we already feel powerless because of what we see on a day to day basis, and so we allow that to stop us from being involved. Well, and it's just so weird to me that like we ho- we have elections. That are local and then national and state. You know what I mean? Like we have these these we have power. Yeah. We do, um, and people will vote in the national election, which your it, vote means very little. Where your vote means very little. Right? Zero, 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 it's, zero, it's like playing the lottery. The higher that number, the less likely you are to win it. So I don't know why, when it comes to your local elections, there's so little voter turnout. Um, when it comes to like you said, like that's, it matters. This idea of being powerless. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 And I think that's really sad. I think that that we need to change that as a culture, as a society. But ultimately, <laughs> I know we're talking about jobs, but it does influence yeah. your job. It does. And look at the people that you know who sit on school boards or who run in those elections. You know, when I contemplate that question, there's very few that approach it from a stance of like, I just, I just want to help this school. You get the select few that are like, I'm there for my child or children or whatever. The ones that are like, I'm out to get rid of so and so, or I have this one agenda. I'm there to make sure the football team goes to state. <laughs> right. <laughs> Your school There's doesn't just even not have a football team. <laughs> of that civic engagement to say, yeah. you know, I, I want to make sure that our school thrives and I want to be a voice of reason. I want to support our teachers and educators um, for remove my own personal agenda from it. Um, there's just not enough of that. And I got to, I got to shout out my school board because that we get that. Yeah. Like my, which is great. My current school board and the administration, like right. seriously, I <laughs> it's like very seriously don't want to leave my position. Mm-hmm. So sorry, so just here in Southwest Missouri, and see, <laughs> and I don't want to like bash all school school board members. Far from right. it. Like I've had a lot of great experiences, mm-hmm. but you do see those people that are like they come in, and that night when they're kind of sworn in, like they're ready to just start going, and they like they haven't done all their board training and yeah, slash and burn. And it's like, whoa, hold up. There's, you know, process. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they should also maybe give them a literacy test and see if they can read. Just saying, I think that maybe is a good requirement is can you actually read any of anything that's in front of you? Your kids should go to the school. Yes. They should be in the school district in which you live. 
<laughs> you know. <laughs> These are just little. We have yeah. no personal feelings. I was about saying, inside digs. Next year is going to be cool. We'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. And listener, if you are changing jobs, just, you know, know that we got your back, whatever that decision is. If it's leaving the classroom or if it's staying for round 11 or round 15, or even if it's round one, just know that the classroom can be a really, really amazing place. You've heard from a variety of perspectives here from people leaving and staying and the reasons why. So make sure you find your own reason why you stay or why you go. Thanks for listening to Where the Whiteboards Are. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can re- reach us at WTWA at 277media.com. The opinions expressed in our podcast are that of the individuals and do not represent the opinions of their employers, school districts, or communities in which they work.